a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have Peter Champro. He is an incredible author. Uh, he's written three books, uh, The Gaia Matrix, The Ark of Antero, and Moon Rivers, all of which are amazing. The last two were kind of companions to The Gaia Matrix. But uh, he does something called Gaiography, which is his term for the study of the living Earth. Guys, on this one, we go through earth rings, ley lines, the earth as a cell. Uh, we talk about harmonic expansion, uh, how Washington, D.C. has laid out, how the hijacking of ley lines is kind of what's going on right now energetically. This dude is incredible. We only scratch the surface. We go over uh, how crop circles relate to ley lines, like all of it. This is an amazing conversation with just an absolutely incredibly remarkable individual. So... All of the ways to find him, guys, will be linked down in the show notes. Uh, alongside that will be the way that you can expand your experience with us here on the show with expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where links to all socials, rock fan, merchandise, all that good stuff is there. So, uh, guys, let's get to this incredible conversation with Peter Champro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, extremely excited to have the great and powerful Peter Shampro on the show. He is all about guyography. He is an incredible author, researcher, presenter. You you just do the coolest stuff, and I, I just want to brag on you up top here. So for the audio-only audience, check the uh, links in the show notes for all the ways to find him. For the video audience, this is his book right here, Guy Matrix. Now, this is amazing, and you have the two addendums, as you call them. Now, you sent these to me, signed, absolutely grateful for it. Um, and one thing I did want to point out was how cool and <laughs> the attention to detail that you put into the experience of the reader. So I'm going to quote from your book here, uh, Moon Rivers, just the introduction right here, just to get us going so that I can show the audience here what I'm talking about. Okay, so... This little big book was designed for the two halves of the brain. Its left page is devoted to text description of its right page illustrations. The text was kept to a minimum to prompt readers to pursue their own exploration of moon rivers. Now, what's really cool about this is you go on to talk about how the earth is a spirit just like ourselves. And I love this. So here it is in the book. Left side, writing, right side, these incredible Maps and the way that you walk us through this. Look at that. Another small detail that you didn't point out, but that I definitely noticed was on the left side, the title of the book, Moon Rivers, is written correctly. On the right side, putting it into your right side brain for creativity, it's written backwards. So it is a nice little touch. It's all these little things. Now, this is riddled with absolutely fascinating information, all of your books. But I just wanted to point out for the listeners. The attention to detail that you have in presenting the information and the real th thought-out process that you went through just to create this narrative. It's 
unbelievably detailed, unbelievably well-crafted. So I'm going to get out of your way. I just wanted to say that up top and let you introduce yourself here that that is something I noticed with your work and I'm absolutely impressed. Again, guys, all the ways to find this will be linked in the show notes. Make sure that you check these out. This is just something you want to have because it's fascinating. So Peter Champro, tell us a little bit about you, my friend. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been a 30 years, 30 year adventure, you know, coming to this information that I, I present to the world and, uh, and it's uh, not static. It's still growing. It's still evolving. We still have more information that's coming in and changing every day. Uh, more details coming coming together. Uh, this was a oh, it's probably a lifelong study, I guess. Uh, uh, that that kind of sprung from my name, uh, which it's a funny name, you know, Peter, meaning rock, and shampoo which is a French word that means uh, of the field. So uh, when I was a kid, uh, well, what am I going to do with my life? And it's like, well, uh, rock of the field. So I started looking for rocks in the field and found Stonehenge. And then I found ley lines and the work of John Michel. And, and then, then I started to pursue uh, similar studies in New England. Uh, I had a idea that, you know, if there's something in England that's a ley line, there has to be something in New England that's a ley line or all over the world. Although the English don't really, you know, they say only ley lines exist in England. Uh, so out of respect to the uh, English, I, I changed the, the, the name to Ley, L-E-I, in honor of Pele, because uh, many of these uh, ley lines that I... Uh, I bring bring to the knowledge of the world is uh, are punctuated by volcanoes, extinct volcanoes. So uh, yeah, this is all about rock and the lithosphere. Uh, people often ask me where I got this information from and where where it comes from and where, you know where 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 do I come from? You know, yes, <laughs> this kind of thing. And my, my parents often ask me that. You know, where did you come from? You're not like us, <laughs> but. Uh, I spent uh, 25 years as a stonemason and uh, in construction business, and and in that in that job, I, I got the opportunity to split a lot of granite boulders open. And uh, in uh, in retrospect, uh, I, I've learned from uh, Dr. Steiner that uh, Rudolf Steiner he said every time you crack a rock open, it releases a gnome of knowledge. So I think in those 25 years, just you know, cracking those rocks and you know, getting that that chi energy that gets released every time you split a boulder in two, uh, it it, it kind of came into my body, and this uh, knowledge of the lithosphere came into my body. I mean, I, I don't know where it came from, but <laughs> that that seemed like a logical choice since I spent so much time. But I was uh, very much into creating sacred space. Uh, I wanted to create temples, and but you know, a cathedral building is kind of uh, down on the priority these days. Uh, so I expanded that that uh, premise that you find in the, the sacred cathedrals, uh, the sacred geometry of cathedrals, and and uh, thought that perhaps uh, such sacred geometry, uh, which is sacred geometry, is essentially the geometry of nature, uh, that this... Uh, this would also be replicated in the in the lithosphere. So I started looking, and uh, I finally found a geometry in '93, uh, which I called Arcom. It was something that just came through, 
uh, you know, when I you know, kind of came up with this really complex but simple in you know, geometric in New England. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, great, that's it. You know, oh, great. You know, I found it. I, I thought that was the end of the study. <laughs> you know. Oh, no. <laughs> 30 years later, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's turned into a, uh, a global study. And uh, with the help of Google Earth, it's really been a big benefit to us geomancers uh, to, you know, really see what the Earth is all about and, uh, and uh, you know, work with it as a, as a living biology. You know, so, and Oh. I, I, I call it geography, the study of the living earth. So, uh, and uh, if it's living, how does it live? And what are its organs? And what are its eyes? And how is that? What are its sense organs? So I'm, I'm feeling that that's, that's what I've discovered here is uh, the, the, the body of the earth. And uh, I've made a lot of speculations about, you know, what it might be. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's a discovery, uh, like an elephant in a dark room. You know, <laughs> you know, I, oh, I know that that's an ear, yeah, or it's something around. You know, but uh, we need we need many more people to get involved with this in order to you know see the find the utility of these these rings. I uh, have a oh a feeling that. Uh, this is a segue into a symbiotic relationship with our planet. Mm. Right now we live as parasites yep. and, uh, you know, we need to get out of that, that, uh, that, that, that relationship with our planet. If we're to survive you now, every, every, you know, whatever, 20, 30,000 years, some uh, environmental catastrophe, uh, destroys civilization. And then we have to start all over again. The only way to really attain, uh, you know, a, a durable and lasting civilization and, and a, uh, you know, a true advancement in spiritual consciousness, we, we need to be able to drive this planet and symbiotically and, you know, you know, where's the wheel? How do you steer it? What, do you, you know, how, how do you work with this planet on a, uh, on a, as a biology, uh, I call it an earth cell. So we're working with an earth cell. And I, I want to get into the, let me, uh, Stop talking for a minute. No, no, no. You're you're fine. I wanted to touch on it because you say so many fascinating things, man. So um, I like the Earth cell idea because I have heard a gentleman present some information that stated that literally it's a cell. He broke out like the mitochondria and he showed the layers. And when you split it open in this relationship that we have to the planet. And yes, we have been more parasitic. Now, the question I wanted to ask you just from your position and your point of view and your observation do you think that whenever these cataclysms that restart civilization, because a lot of ancient texts talk about this, uh, the Hopi, you know, talked about we're in a, what, our, our fifth intervention, um, iteration of Earth here, um, also with the Vedic texts, with the Yuga cycles, um, Mayans, of course, uh, knew about these long cycles. We talk about procession of the equinox and these long things. These cataclysms do seem to come up come about when we go through certain points of time and it resets everything here. Now, I've heard some fascinating stuff about uh, like mountains that used to be gigantic people and giants and like Devil's Tower being a huge tree and that, you know, they found this huge root system underneath it. And that was from the restart of one of these cataclysmic events that kind of just resets everything here. Now, um, do you think, number one, that that's what's going on and that we just go through this and that this cycle happens and humanity just has a shot or whatever creatures are here have a shot, a window of time in which the next one occurs? 
And with the earth, it may be like a speed dating thing, you know, where it's like, okay, well, we have our time here and then the bell goes off via a cataclysm and then somebody else gets to try their hand with Gaia to see if they can figure it out. Maybe that's, and to what you're saying, maybe that's it. You just have to be the species that figures out how to live in harmony with earth and therefore get through one of those to keep moving forward. Know that you're not battling the earth, that you're in it together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, we we uh, are on the verge of that now. Uh, uh, you know, the, the solar solar physicists are, and uh, galactic scientists and such are, are uh, speak of this uh, galactic sheet that is like this undulating form that comes out of the sun. And every 12,000 years, we pass through this highly charged uh, photonic belt. Uh, or, you know, sheet that, uh, and that there's this, this increase in light that, that happens. And it's uh, during these periods that these cataclysms take place because there's this, you know, increase of energy going into the earth core. There needs to be an adjustment. Uh, often it's, uh, it's either a subtle adjustment or, or a complete pole shift, but the, the magnetic field changes because of this increase of electricity. And because of that increase, it, 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 it recharges the field of the planet. And, uh, you know, this is a geologic record and um, that, uh, you know, every, every so often uh, the, the Earth loses its magnetic field and then regains it. And when, it, when that happens, that, that's, you know, kind of like a golden age. Uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, right after... The big shift you have this highly charged planet and uh, that's when uh, that, that's when these ley lines uh, these ancient ley lines uh, were uh, kind of online then uh, transmitting this these, these energies across the planet but that, all that shifted and you know, the, the, the ley line system was abandoned for some reason and it seems so uh, it lost its charge or lost its purpose do you think that people have specifically put like Masonic temples and stuff onto ley lines, not only to um, appropriate their power, but also to block it from being useful to only them other than people other than only them? Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, there's always, you know, in this pyramidal worldview, mm -hmm. uh, there's always someone trying to uh, uh, you know, take control and the Masons indeed uh, tried to do that here in this country. Uh, they, they were the one, you know, where over in Europe and South America, the churches took over the sacred sites. Uh, here in America, the uh, the Masons were more uh, tuned into that from the knowledge they had from the, the Templars and such. And, you know, it was it was an altruistic thing uh, uh, to try to create a civilization, a Western civilization out of, out of a howling wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh or they came over and took over a bunch of buildings from a civilization that was already here that ended via a cataclysm, and we call that Tataria. Have you heard of this yet? Tataria and the mud flood idea? Yeah, I've heard of Tataria. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, it is, you know. <laughs> and I, it, it, there's a lot of things from the past, and, and you know, what we're – it's interesting. It would be interesting to, to know how they failed in, in order to uh, better figure out how we can succeed. But uh, I am more of a futurist than, than looking at the past. And you know, it's, you know there, there's a, there, there are tools, uh, there are known systems. Um, you know, let's, let's use them to preserve the planet, to, uh, you know, uh, preserve life. Uh, 
to enhance life. Uh, yeah. So. I love it. And, you know, and the work that you do, it maps out these areas for us to discover and the way in which you correlate all of these spots, man. And you, the, the work that you've done again, is just fascinating. Guys, check the show notes for all the ways to get his stuff. Um, and so when you were going through this process, what role do you think that the ley lines play in our future? Uh, well, the ley lines are, are part of the meridians of the planet. You know, a lot like our, you know, we're, we're made in the image and likeness of the earth. Uh, you know, our, 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 you know, if you look at our eyeball here, I don't know how bloodshot my eyes are right now, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the geometry of the earth in our, in our own eyes. Right. And, uh, but so our, our entire body is, is, is a product of the planet. You know, we can't, we can't live on Mars. You know, uh, Elon's just a nut to be thinking that we can move out there. You know, I mean, uh, we need our, we need the Schumann resonance. So what are we going to walk around with a battery pack with our Schumann resonance? You know, we need all these things. Well, I, I can put your mind at ease on that. I think what he's wanting to do is put, um, make everybody get the Neuralink thing, right? And uh, who was it? Matt Landman and I were talking about this. He's the director of uh, Frankenstein. You would love that movie. Um, so we were talking about this, and it's actually going to be a chip in your head to make you think that you go to Mars, but you don't physically go there. And you pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars because it's required to get that chip, right? Because you have right. to do it. It's like a wristband, you know, it's, uh, so we can keep you safe. And then it just, um, you do total recall is all that's happening. And you're just in a warehouse and, you know, Saratoga yeah. somewhere and that's it. Right. Well, the, uh, you know, the ley lines are, are meridians, mm -hmm. you know, like, like the, the Chinese uh, acupuncture system, for instance, or the, uh, Hindu uh, uh, chakra systems and, and all the various you know chi patterns that go throughout the body. It's it's just the ley lines are part of the meridians, and you know uh, just as a uh, acupuncturist will you know place a needle to to open up a block, uh, we can do the same thing with the planet. There there, there are blocks that are created uh, quite often through warfare and and hatred between two peoples. It, it'll stop the ley line from from actually going. And then you know, having its vital flow. Like an energetic block. Like in yeah. high intense areas of war or conflict. That is fascinating. Yeah. So actually, dowsers I've known have, have uh, uh, done peace walks through war zones. And, uh, and, and they were following the ley lines. And uh, when they got to the war zone, the ley lines went around the war zone. No way. So it, it's, it's like, a, uh, yeah. Again, Dr. Steiner uh, mentioned that uh, emotions are picked up by the earth. Uh, every human emotion, uh, it, it has its, you know, quantum effect on, you know, on the strings. Uh, so, yeah, you know, a society living in fear is going to create a planet that's all drying up and, uh, you know all, all the all the retraction that 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 it comes with fear. You know the 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 inflammation and the disease that comes from fear is, is that that's just it's it's expressed into the planet itself. And uh, you know right now we we have a whole industry based on fear. Our whole multi you know you know military industrial medical. <laughs> 
you know, news, anything screaming uh, for your complex attention. that yeah. is all based on fear. You know, let's get them sick. Oh, I'm fearful. I'm getting sick. Oh, I need to have insurance. Oh, you know, because I'm afraid, you know, so I have to pay money. And then, then the money, oh, well, it's not, you know, the, the stock brokers get all this money from the insurance companies, then make more money for themselves. And, you know, it's just this cycle, you know, it's just like this predatory, archonic cycle. You know, and it really seems like uh, that's what we're dealing with here is the archons. They, they, they love to feed off of us and uh, uh, feed off our fears. And uh, so, you know, we need to kick those guys off the planet. Yeah, it's a loose trap. You know, but I heard um, that a couple of weeks ago, all the reptilians and the bad grays were gone. And that's why we hadn't seen chemtrails and stuff. Now, I've seen chemtrails since then. So I don't know if they kind of snuck in a back door energetically and came back. But I heard that they were gone. I heard we vanquished them. Do you think that that's something that we'll see? (laughs) It was, yeah. (laughs) Well, it was like a, it was one of these silly uh, videos that came out and they were, and several people said it. So they were intuitive mediums or claiming to be that said that they could see higher dimensions and that um, it was good news. You know, this just in kind of thing that the reptilians were gone. We won the galactic war. We kicked them out. So it's just these old habits that we have to let go of. Yeah, it's a little um, aftershocks, yeah, of negativity, and we just got to straighten everything out. But I think this is what's happening right now. When you know, when you talk about harmonic expansion and how the planet resonates at certain frequencies, and how that's been expanding, and we've talked about perhaps it's because of you know the Earth or this plane or whatever moving physically into more energetic streams of higher consciousness physically, and so everything here is being frequency tested and adjusted, you know, for strength and then for boning up, which has kind of you know led me to the possible conclusion that what happened last year was everybody, you know, spirit or Gaia kicking everyone in the butt saying, hey, you guys need to work on yourselves, go home, do your shadow work, uh, start to pay more attention. Uh, That's when the model psychologically broke down. I mean, that's all it took, right, for everybody to realize that trading your, you know, time for money is a bullshit model and uh, that we're all just over this. And that's crazy, but it's all based on energies. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that was the whole thing of the chemtrails was to block the light out. Yeah, you know, the light. Have, no, I mean, I, as as a kid, uh, you know, growing up in the fifties, uh, the the sun was orange. You know, you look at it now, and it's this titanium white. No, yes, like, I was going to ask you about this. Yes, and that that is to me that you know, like any kind of uh, low frequency. Uh, entities like the, the you know the draconians or something uh you couldn't handle that kind of light uh, so um it, it's but us we're uh, you know we're our body is able to withstand tremendous amounts of radiation uh, i mean uh there's there this postulation that was made that uh you know based on bible and all these things that there was a uh, an ice canopy above the planet uh, prior to the great flood that was mentioned in world mythologies, mm-hmm. and this uh, this ice canopy created a protective layer, and within that layer, you know, so you know you're free of the uh, uh, radiation, and you could actually grow megafauna and uh, uh, mega flora and have giants as well, and when uh, when that canopy fell. We had, uh, you know, uh, people were living prior to this uh, f- fall, this, uh, you know, this fall, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they were uh, living to a thousand years old. And then after, after Noah, everybody was like 70 and David was 70. And uh, so I, I think there was a, 
because of this radiation, the, the giants couldn't handle the, the light anymore. So that their culture just like waned and finally, you know, they, they, they just got ill and, you know, lost their, lost their power and were, uh, uh, you know, chased to the grave by the, the locals. But right now uh, we, the remnant of those giants, we have, uh, as the forest people, uh, uh, you know, Sasquatch and Bigfoot and all those folks, you know, they're, they're the remnant of that civilization. They, they only come out at night. You know, you don't, you know, you don't really, you know, they, they, they avoid those radiation, that radiation. And you look at them and they look like they're, uh, you know, got some kind of radiation sickness going on. Too. <laughs> yeah. Look unsightly, a little disheveled. Right. Right. Uh, right. So let me, let me ask you this, cause I'm just curious about this. So uh, we'll just say, it. have you done uh, ley lines on a flat earth map to see what that looked like? Well, you know, any flat earth, earth map is based on a Mercator projection. So yeah, I have done that. Yeah, to where it's all laid out and then you still have all the geometric. I wonder if it'd make like a flower life or something like that when laid out in that way and not specifically isolated to areas presented to be on a round spherical ball. Uh, well, you know, the flower of life might then. Um, I mean, even it's going too from the regular, North Pole. It's too regular to be an organic grid. Mm, okay. You know, we, uh, we, we like to, you know, as the rational mind, we like to have things fit in nice, neat boxes. But, uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of conversation about, uh, you know, the Earth grid. You know, the ancient aliens have really publicized this thing as the Earth grid is this, is this dodecahedronal kind of flower of life matrix that, that you know, kind of like looks like a, a cage to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It does, doesn't it? You know, r r rather than something organic and living, you know, like we see in nature. You know, of course, you know, we look in nature and nothing is, you know, like you get flowers that have a, you know, a close geometry to, you know, a panther or something. You know. yeah, it's more Fibonacci and, and, you know, geometry. Yeah, yeah, that Fibonacci is everywhere. That, that you see everywhere. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, the flower of life was... You know, where, where you see it, you know, it was, I think it was in the Osarium in, in Egypt. There, there there was a flower of life etched into one of the stones there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that's, you know, you know, this is something. And, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't, something that regular doesn't uh, resonate with me as being, being real. It's, it's kind of like a, a lot like a, a consciousness construct to contain souls or to control something or mm. something of that nature. Yeah, that's and you find concept. a lot of the old sites, you know, like the pyramidal sites, which are those are all control structures. So locked into you know, so they intentionally put these these pyramids around uh, to lock in this kind of matrix of control and. Uh, you know, so we need to break out of that, that prison. You know, and that's the thing. Maybe they know this. And so eventually before this global cataclysm that perhaps comes around, maybe there's some knowledge that's passed down or some people that go underground and then come out like, again, the Hopi um, that survived these cataclysms. And then they retain a little bit of information. But also if they were like the baddies or the people that weren't out for really altruistic ideas and they would pass along a system like what we look around and see now, it's very against natural law. It's very unauthentic. It's real distracting from you 
really discovering who you really are. And not only that, you get started from behind the fin- the starting line, right? And so maybe when these cataclysms come through and they physically scour the earth, they knock all of these impedances on the grid that were placed there to intentionally impede them. And then there's this new wisdom of knowledge that's built with the people that come back out or survive that. And then perhaps, again, they just start plunking these things down. And then you go through this entropy, which is what we kind of find ourselves with now with this natural degradation of, you know, everything authentic to who you really are as a spiritual being having a human experience, you know? Yeah. The indigenati, uh, that's what I call the Indians. And, you know, they just the, you know, instead of the Illuminati, you know, yeah, I like the, it. Indigenati or like this group of wisdom keepers who, uh, we're, we're taught the original ways and, and, and taught to, okay, you know, you go and say prayers at the sacred site. And, and that's what I'm finding is a lot of these rings that I'm discovering that the center point is, uh, is a native American sacred site or a, Aboriginal sacred site of some kind or another. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that says to me that, uh, there's a world maintenance that is undertaken by the indigenous indigenous people. Uh, and, and, and we, you know, now, uh, uh, we no longer honor these sacred sites. And there's a Lakota chief, chief or Arvel looking horse who, uh, who, you know, he was guided to honor sacred sites on June 21st. And, and, uh, you know, he wondered why, uh, you know, he was told that, you know, he had to do this, but it wasn't really clear about why, you know? And so, you know, if you, when you, when you, uh, really lock into the, the matrix of the sacred sites, uh, you can imbue the landscape with whatever consciousness is there at the sacred site. So the churches of, of you know, like, like Shark Cathedral is built over a, a, a druidic uh, holy grove. So the, the, the syncretism is layering of one religion after another on top of one another. So, but but now you know nobody's going to shard anymore. You know, I mean uh, everybody's abandoned the uh, Catholic religion. Uh, so you have all these cathedrals sitting on sacred sites that that are aren't being tended to, uh, aren't being honored, aren't being loved, aren't being you know. So the earth is like, geez, you know what? What did I do? You know. <laughs> Just the thought of that, man, that people have to put emotional maintenance into it and spiritual maintenance into something. And it's beautiful, the the word maintenance, it makes so much sense. It's like you working on an oil rig or something and you have these things Mm -hmm. set up to be a part of a system. And if you abandon them and you stop, you know, turning the dials or making sure that everything, the barnacles are scrubbed off, you know, you don't do physical maintenance to it, then the structure becomes useless. And not only that, it becomes an issue, right? And man, that's that's a fascinating concept. Yeah, so it's like... We should pay the indigenous people to go out there and pray at their yeah, sacred good site. Call. You know? Yeah, you know, that's it, what... it's like. It should be a job, you know that. Yeah, I mean, it's on site work, but you know, you can trade out. You could do some other stuff remotely. I think that you've nailed it here. I think that there that needs to be part of the new earth. It's grid line and sacred spot maintenance keepers, and that's their job. And we bring them cool stuff to hang out and do. Like that's cool. I like that a lot, Peter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you about um, some of your work specifically. So take me through uh, part of your ley line concept, because something interesting also I wanted to point out uh, to your work, just an idea that I had I wanted to bounce off of you, because you're the right guy to ask this. So we talked about uh, the shapes found in nature, and you touched on it already, which is great, because it's something I wanted to ask you. So the circle is considered extremely sacred to the ancients, but from my observation, besides like a few centers of flowers, like we'd already touched on, but if you zoom in real close, it's not perfect. Um, your eyes and the sun and the moon were the only things of that consistency on the planet Earth found really out in nature. Trees, rocks, stuff doesn't generally grow like that. So it seems like the circle perhaps was very sacred to them because it was found in the only sacred thing. It was only found in sacred things, meaning the eyes of creatures and the heavens above being the sun that's the giver of life and then the moon as well, which was revered. So it just, it's something, it's an idea I had when I was reading your work. I just wanted to see if there was anything possibly in your mind to that. Uh, you know, I, I heard an old uh, Hawaiian speak about uh, the difference between a uh, a circled culture and a pyramid culture. And, uh, equatorial cultures are all circled cultures, and northern cultures tend to be more pyramidal. You know that you know you, you need to organize in order to get through the winter. You know you got to have that top-down kind of organization, but it's uh, it's kind of gotten out of hand. And uh, it's kind of it puts this 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 idea that you know in, in in a pyramidal culture the Lord is above you, you know, and and everything you do has to be filtered through through that that Lord. Uh, in a circle culture, uh, you, you're you're in this uh, relationship to the seven sacred directions, and and Creator is within. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, ha having that relationship is, you know, I, I think it's critical to uh, planetary maintenance. Uh, and, and ask the question again. No, it's fine. I You nailed it with that. We're just going to stop you there because it's a beautiful okay. way to put it. I mean, and I never thought of thinking it geographically like that, but of course you would. And you'd have a really dope way of telling us about it because, yes, man. If you think about it, equatorial countries, yes, they do have warmer climates, um, more abundance generally, right? Uh, depending on temperate zones and things like that. But in the in the colder parts, yes, it is much more structured to survive harsher, w more winter temperatures. And so, yes, there is a perturbance of even the psychology of those peoples that inhabit the areas where that is a necessity, where that's a thing you got to pay attention to. But with the circle culture thing and being immersed in it, you look at this across that area of the world, that is a brilliant observation. So, no, I'm not going to re-ask it because you answered it in a way better way than the question was even posed. Well, to the was, we were talking about awesome. my process of it's lines. Awesome. And, you know, and what you said about coming in and appropriating old temples and, and sacred sites, this is fascinating too because one that comes to mind, man, is Baalbek with those gigantic stone foundations that they had that they don't know how the hell that happened but the i believe romans came in and built over the top of it greeks or romans i can't remember but they built a, a complex on top of it but it was already there and we do see this with mm -hmm. catholic uh, churches some interesting ones um that are just out there in the middle of nowhere generally over artesian rivers or aquifers or things like that because there's energy there and ancient people and geomancers know this so um tell me what what got you specifically interested in geomancy specifically? Uh, 
Well, it was the exploration of the early sites of uh, New England. All around New England, we have these things called Mumps Caves and these uh, enigmatic uh, stone structures and piles of rock. Uh, there's lots of piles of rock out there that, that uh, you know, like Native people still come to visit. You know, they come from, from uh, Minnesota and travel all the way to the Berkshires in order to visit a couple of piles of rock and then go back to um, Minnesota, you know, so, so it, it's like, you know, this is, you know, looking at that was, I, I you know, that's a hard question, uh, you know, interesting question. Uh, but uh, so I was looking at these early sites and I just got fascinated by it. Uh, uh, I was, was in Rashad Field, who was a roommate of, of uh, John Michelle, the two of them kind of uh, together. Um, uh, awaken modern geomancy. And um, I, I was just, you know, fascinated by it. Uh, I don't know. I, it might have been something because, you know, I, I, I where I grew up. I and your name. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, what, what do we, why do we do what we do? It's, it's really a, a good question. Uh, but there's just an impulse, I think, within within a soul to do something. Um uh, and, and ley, ley lines were a segue into into where where I went, and uh, you know I was looking for these straight tracks, and uh, I, I, I I felt as though there was this great power involved with it, and, and and that it could benefit the world. I mean that's kind of always been my my head on this, and you know why I continue. I, well, I've tried to give it up a few times, but <laughs> whenever I give it up, I kind of go right right to where I should be next. To, to start plotting a new map it just takes you where you need to be next yeah you know it's just something that that i you know is a rock in a field i want to understand it uh i want to understand how how a cathedral operated you know and the the ley lines coming into a cathedral and the water lines and aquastats and all these various uh, earth energy forms um i i my, my parents uh, had a GI bill and they, they decided to build a house on top of this hill this node, which is kind of, that actually might've been on a ley line. <laughs> uh, they blasted all this rock out of the hole. So they, they called me Peter out of, you know, in honor of the rock that the, the foundation was, but within that rock, it, there was this, uh, it was a Triassic era, uh, shale in the Connecticut river Valley that was loaded with uh, dinosaur footprints. So from a very, from, you know, the age, what zero uh, i've been uh kind of like exposed to this idea that the earth is living you know there, there, there's this footprint you now it looks like a chicken you know or whatever yeah. a big chicken uh <laughs> in the rock you know it's just uh it's just this idea this living thing and how you know so yeah, I just kept on going. You know, how, how, how is it alive? How is rock alive? I, I was, I always loved rock. I, I tried to be a photographer for a while, but I found myself taking pictures of rocks all the time. So <laughs> I just, it's what you love. You go, you do what you love, and it's a really, yeah, really cool thing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask you about the Champro effect. Will you tell us about that? Well, uh, that came to me after a, a Gridmasters meeting out in the Grand Tetons. Uh, I came back after the flight, and you know, sitting there in bed, and I said, yeah, you know, like all this, all these rings are everywhere, or like this, this bubbling, what looked like 
this bubbling uh, form, you know, the whole lithosphere ha has all these rings. And uh, it looks, you know, when you look at it, the way they, they kind of interpenetrate and move together, they're like bubbles. So, uh, like shampoo, you know, it's yeah. like this, this joke about me, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, my name and everything and uh, being teased all my life about it and people not being able to understand how to say it. <laughs> well, the joke's but, on them because you have a wonderful head of hair so that you should have just gone with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, th this, this effect, this effect that the earth tends to uh, uh, create itself into, into a curvy linear forms that are interrelational uh, is the shampoo effect. Very cool. Well, it's awesome. And the way, again, in your books um, that you detail that and the way you show it is brilliant. Um, the way you go over ancient sites and connect everything, especially in this uh, Ark of Intero, very cool, man. The way that you found the Virgin Mary, uh, it, her icon. And just, again, guys, for the audio-only audience, check the video, check the show notes for how to find him. This stuff is just so freaking cool. So uh, talk to me about Washington, D.C. I'm very curious to see your take on that. Oh boy, Washington D.C. It's <laughs> an area, not as a concept. Well, that, that kind of <laughs> not what goes on there. You know, that's uh, that, that's part of the ley line conversation, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of it's a well-known line. I, I wasn't the one who discovered the the, uh, the I call it the Acadian lay because it goes from Nova Scotia down through New Orleans and through Washington D.C. Uh, but it's 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 been noticed, and I think the Masons knew about it because they they seem to have worked worked the cities based on this this ley line that that, that goes through Washington D.C. And uh, it was uh, it was there's a lot of conversation. Well, where where should the capital be uh, when the country first got going, and New York or Philadelphia or somewhere else? And uh, Uncle George there, he decided to put it uh, put it where it is, Washington D.C. in this malarial-infested swamp. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they, you know, they built the city. But when, when you where, where he placed that was right on this ley line. Okay, you know the, the diamond that was laid out by a, a Moorish uh, uh, astronomer. To you know, again, there was there wasn't anybody in this country that knew how to lay out such a large diamond shape. You know, Washington, D.C. and Arlington County uh, created the Washington Diamond, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, Arlington County, Virginia. And uh, at the center of that uh, is where that ley line goes right through. So so the, the whole city was laid out so that it would be in, in, in resonant uh, uh, frequency with the with the other cities along this lay, you know, so, you know, simply it's Boston, uh, New Haven, New York City. You know, these are all dead straight line right down the coast. Uh, New York City, uh, uh, Trenton, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and then, you know, if you continue the line out, it goes right to uh, Tito Ocon in uh, Mexico City. So. And if you go the other way, it goes across the pond and over into the Middle East and kind of zeroes out where the Canaanites were over there uh, sacrificing kids to uh, 
to the the, the, the god Moloch. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the whole ball worship and all that business. So, you know, you have this ley line that, you know, connects Western civilization, you know, connects America with Western civilization. Uh, it goes right through Troy, for instance, ancient Troy, Helen of Troy and all that. Uh, goes through Gallipoli, you know, where, you know, it's a great battle. It goes through Kosovo, where this great battle was. You know, all, the, all these sites of tremendous human sacrifice, uh, uh, you know, uh, Battle of the Bulge, uh, uh, Waterloo. You know? yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, the stuff on this line is just uh, scary. So, it, but it comes over here, it transmits that, that energy over this way. And, uh, so, Washington, D.C. is part of all that. And, uh, the other uh, piece there uh, is that it's on the 77th parallel. So being Masons, you know, they're, oh, yeah, it's a 77. So uh, it's not the parallel meridian. So it's it's the north-south meridian. So uh, any, any there's this, this thing called tellurics, you know. So you've got these ley lines that tend to go at an angle across a telluric line, and then the telluric lines are north-south. And... Um, uh, this, you know, that's the magnetic field. The kind of uh, the telluric lines are about uh, a yard underneath the ground and travel all the way around the planet. And it's part of the magnetic field, just uh, uh, how it interfaces with the crust. <clears throat> but uh, you know, where latitudes, you know, equator and such are 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 frequential, or you know, in that. No, okay, uh, zero is the equator, and it's and it's tropical, you know. And you know, fifty-five where where Stonehenge is is cold, <laughs> you know. So you know, and forty-second degree parallel, forty-second uh, uh, north is you find a lot of empires on it because there's this uh, it, it's a mean temperature where you can actually grow civilization. And so empires can thrive along that meridian. So it's 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 like an environmental thing. But the, the north south stuff is all like a latitude uh, longitude of seventy seven is referencing England. So uh, zero point prime the prime meridian. So so it is is set in Greenwich, England, and that <clears throat> sets time. You know, it, it is a frequency. It's oscillation. For for uh, uh, f to entrain time to prime time with a certain frequency, the English frequency, and, and so that that time, which you know we're having trouble with our uh, our uh, you know, change of time and everything, all these different times. And so seventy seventh parallel longitude and meridian is called. <laughs> uh, you know, speaks to that whole Masonic master number thing and 77 is like the the eternal uh eternally divine uh because it's a repeat of seven seven is all about you know with choirs of angels and all, all this thing in, in gematria there's a whole conversation easily found on the web on 77 but that same uh, meridian 77 uh west when you take it due north, it goes up to where the Iroquois Confederacy uh, Central Fire was. And that's where the, uh, the whole idea of, of American Confederacy came from, the American 
publicly, whatever it is. Uh, it was designed after the Iroquois Confederacy. So that 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 seventy seven that then you know, through, through the Tellura current, electromagnetic current, uh, uh, kind of like takes that original thought form and, and brings it into a new form in Washington D.C. So uh, so then you have these two crossings, you know, two lines crossing. But so seventy seventh, if you follow that, Three Mile Island is on it. Uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania is on it. Uh, uh, we, we find a lot of uh, things associated with drugs like coffee and uh, rum uh, in Jamaica, uh, cocaine in Cali, Colombia, and all that are, are all on the 77 parallel. So, so there's this this frequency entrainment that's happened over the, over the centuries of you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and uh, so you know that, that's kind of what our culture has become. And, and, uh, so in this entrainment of 77, but it you know it. it the problem is, is that the, the U.S. government was designed without the grandmothers. The Confederacy worked, the Iroquois Confederacy worked because there was a council of grandmothers that would say yes or no to go to war or just do whatever. Uh, you know, it was always done with the consciousness of the seventh generation. How, how can we help our kids seven generations from now? So that was removed. And I think what we're moving from that, it just kind of, you know, got into this macho thing and I don't know, it was just a discordance. So when you look at where the center, uh, you know, I, I, I said, well, you know, I mean, I, all these people were geomancers and such were all about these triangulations in, in, the, uh, in the, uh, the, the road pattern of, of Washington, D.C. But when you, uh, what I did was I, I took the center line, looked where, you know, that diamond of, of Washington, D.C., and got the cross lines in, in, the, in the center point. And uh, what I found that, that it was the center point of this Washington, D.C. diamond is the uh, Organization of American States, which is a the property that is this Organization of American States is uh, – not part of the contiguous United States, you know, just like, like London has this, this little spot in London where the bankers all own in Rome, we got Vatican, you know, the spot where Vatican is, you know, and, you know, yeah. and so we got, a, we got one of those too. And you look at the, uh, the building of the organization of American States and it's, it's, it's like dead, dead on a, uh, a Masonic uh, commander. It's got the three portals up front with arches and, and it's got a, a statue of, uh, of uh, Isabel out in front of it, but that's that's like a disguised Magdalene. And out in back, out in the back of this this place, there's this thirty uh, foot tall gazebo with a death mask in it. You know, just this, this wooden death mask, and, and the entire uh, all, all the uh, the soffit of the building it's all full of all these magical symbols, Hopi and Indian, all these you know from all over the uh, North and South America. This organization was first started. Uh, it was kind of like the uh, prelude to uh, United Nations, uh, mm. the uh, organization of American states. But right there in front of this death statue is this uh, this other statue of this guy called Zochapelli. He was a uh, Aztec god of of uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, <laughs> You know, the ball players, you know, it was the patron saint of ball players. You know? 
runs with yeah, the debauchery. Uh, yeah. Debauchery. And, and, the, and the, this, every, every time Zotropelli is depicted, he's, he's shown with all these psychedelic plants. So it's, uh, so we have this God of death in the center of our energetic form, you know, as a country that, 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 that's like attenuating it. And, and when you, when you, when you draw lines, like, like, uh, you look at the Pentagon, for instance, and it has, you know, any pent as an arrow to it, you know, and so you follow, there's one particular arrow that goes points right to the West wing. And, uh, this West wing, uh, line goes right through Zotopelli. So there it's in the organization of American states. So there's this, uh, this filter that, 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 you know, like, and, and, and this connection between war, the, the, <laughs> you know, you, you get the picture of this well, war and, and, the Zotopelli oh. thing sounds interesting because, yes, it even though it is a god of death, the fact that it's associated with psychedelics makes me more optimistic. That Because in my mind, when I think psychedelics equivalent to death, I think ego death. So it's actually a very beneficial thing. So perhaps it's encoded symbolism to actually liberate us from ourselves, which is what the death is all about. It's all very personal, you know, yeah. and not as nefarious, even though it's wrapped up in mysticism, perhaps with the psychedelic component to it, it would allude to those initiated uh, that it was really just more of an ego death kind of a thing, which is in turn beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, we're just it's, talking shit here, you know, it's we just have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. it's because I, I lately have been kind of zooming out and I've said this quite a bit on the show, but I've, I've been zooming out a lot. And so I see the dark and the light and the bad and the good and all that stuff being one in the same thing and that we're all the same stuff But the dark parts are to make us uncomfortable to push us into spiritual yeah. enlightenment. So they, they play a very necessary role here for all of us and to, to abolish them completely won't happen until all of us reach some sort of ubiquitous spiritual maturity to where it's not necessary right to exist so whenever i hear of evil things and masonic stuff and i just picture like actors right like the the negative guy the bad guy is just playing a role but you go to watch the movie for that interaction and it's necessary and beneficial for the story so that's just kind of where my mind has gone with it lately and you just happen to catch me on that thought stream so that's where i'm at yeah the kind of punchline in this is that next door to uh the organization of american states is the uh, daughters of the american revolution awesome Uh, okay yeah, yeah. So Very they're cool. the grandmothers. Yes. You know, yeah. the, and you yeah. know, I, I love this council of grandmothers. God, we should all have that. Like that should run everything, right? Just get a bunch of abuelas out there just hanging out, knitting blankets, talking about, no, you don't go to war right now, honey. You go you go do something else. You know, it's like, what? No, we got to go to war. He was talking schmack, grandma. No, no, no. We've convened. We are the mothers, <laughs> the grandmotherhood, you know, and us GMAs are saying, not today, hon. Uh, but I, I love this too. Peter Shampro, I, I could talk to you forever. Um, I think that uh, I want to get you to just tell me one of your favorite things about this, and then we'll probably wrap it for this one, man. But you're definitely invited back any damn time you want. So okay. tell me your favorite part about the work that you look into. Well, my, my favorite part is that uh, all these rings that I've discovered over the past few years, uh, particularly in the Americas, all kind of work together like a gear work. And, and it looks like, uh, you know, North America as a total, if you will, uh, looks like a yin-yang form. Uh, the the, the uh, North American tectonic plate is, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, there you go for the video yeah. audience. 
in his in, book, in, Guy Matrix. In the, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's half, half water and half land with the Bermuda Triangle being the eye of the water and the, and the Hudson Bay being the eye of the land. And, you know, so that's Turtle Island. And, and, uh, and within the landforms, we have all these rings that all, you know, ha have these uh, suggestive spins, you know, like a static spin. For instance, the, the uh, 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 Central America, California coast ha has a gesture that suggests a, um, a, a clockwise turn. So that, that, that turn goes right up to the magnetic ring. You know, so, so, and all these other uh, gears, uh, like, like the, uh, the, the, the Teton ring and the uh, New Madrid ring, and all, all these various rings and, and the Mississippi River ring, all, all kind of work together uh, in a supportive way. And I, I, it's, it's my sense that getting, by, by getting this matrix into consciousness, that, that there, there will be a, uh, uh, an enlivening of the planetary field, perhaps even a, a renewal of the magnetic field. Uh, you know, right, you know, right, right. You know, so that we don't have to go through all this cataclysmic stuff. We can actually, you know, through, through human consciousness, we can, we can make this, this planet thrive again. And uh, so, so that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm <laughs> particularly excited about this work and, Trying to find ways in which we can we can we can work with this. I, I've I've worked with uh, large scale geometries uh, in, in a coherent and ceremonial way. With uh, you know, there, there was there was one incident that uh, uh, out in L.A. where uh, it was it was a uh, form that we came up with. I was collaborating with the Shoshone man and to bring water to Southern California, and uh, it. It did it for six weeks straight. It, it rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. It was like back in 2005 or something like that. It caused $3 billion worth of damage and three deaths and stuff. And, you know, it was, you know, we, we were kind of like the sorcerer's apprentice with this one, uh, uh, you know, with the uh, Mickey Mouse with his brooms carrying water is what I'm referring to. Yeah, from you Fantasia. Know? Hell yeah. Fantasia. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. It's just, uh, but. So it works. It really does work. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, we've worked ley lines uh, uh, through the Southwest to bring, bring water to the Hopi and, and it worked. Uh, uh, I've, I've put in medicine wheels down here in, uh, in uh, Arizona and uh, to make it rain. And, and, and we had uh, the, the highest amount of rain and, you know, I don't know, 50 years or something like that. They fell yeah. this year after a five-year drought. Uh, so, uh, and, and the, 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 you know, when you, when you work these energies, when you, when you uh, engage the earth in, in, in a co-creative manner, uh, she really rises up and answers, answers the call. We, uh, you know, and, uh, we did, did one last year. One of the, one of the graphics I sent you was on the uh, mending the hoop and the, the whole uh, idea of, of healing the uh, the trail of tears, which it makes like this bloodshot eyeball of there are five trails that go around the New Madrid Fault, and the New Madrid Fault is something that's tearing this country apart. And, you know, so we did a healing ceremony last uh, last year on that on the equinox, and 
uh, with a whole group of people is just, you know, like a Zoom thing, just a consciousness thing, uh, focusing on this in this ring of nine sites in Chicago and Asheville and Serpent Mound and New Orleans and, you know, kind of creating this ring. And, and uh, uh, over the next uh, month, we had two hurricanes that came right to shore, went right to New Madrid, Pluton, and took a left <laughs> or Damn. took a right. Or, you know, this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. Just dodged it. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like water. The, the, the earth sends water to purify things. It's, it's like uh, yeah, a, a war zone uh, continues to have the frequency of war until it's washed over. So, uh, you know, the, 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 this purification of water was, uh, I guess, necessary in the earth. You know, the earth responded and sent it our way. So, I was happy. My, my first memory uh, as a three-year-old was of a hurricane. So oh, I nice. always loved them. <laughs> <laughs> now, to some that you said that it was just beautiful, man, because it, it really hit, hit home with me when you were talking about it, is that... Um, to get this knowledge uh, and to fix the grid, right? To fix it, to get back into harmony with nature. And perhaps this is what we want to do whenever we talk about breaking out of the matrix. The matrix is just a, a physical representation of us talking about how unauthentic the system is that's here, that keeps us from nature, that goes against natural law. And we talk about this a lot. But what I like about your perspective is not to just unplug and bail on it. You know, when we talk about exiting the simulation or exiting the matrix, we think about leaving all this crap behind and going to somewhere better. But what we really should be doing, and maybe the maybe the matrix is just a code instead of an unauthentic society, it's more of a code of ignorance. It's ignorance to how to live in harmony with the planet. That's what the matrix really is. It's an opportunity for you to just completely dodge the the responsibilities of you as a soul on this place to live in harmony with everything around you. And perhaps that's what we're talking about here, about breaking out of the matrix, is getting to know what these ley lines are and how to incorporate them. I mean, and something, actually, I'd, I want to ask you one more thing before I let you run. Uh, so something that was very interesting about uh, ley lines and the um, circles at like Avebury and um, Stonehenge and things is there's a guy named Dr. Levengood uh, that took seeds and put them in the circle. Did, have you ever heard of this study? And then they germinated 10% more after an electrostatic kind of a charge after a little bit of a time in the circle. They actually mm -hmm. yielded more and only when put in there in certain times of year. So the window was really interesting. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the same thing goes with uh, 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 that pyramid with the serpent that goes on and on the equinox. Oh, Quetzalcoatl at uh, Chichen Itza, yeah. Chichen Itza, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, put, you put seeds on the, on the edge of that uh, on, uh, on the equinox, and, and you'll, you'll get much better germination and everything. And, and in, the, uh, in the record uh, of, uh, uh, you know, like the, the bones that they found uh, around Stonehenge and whatnot, and uh, just that, that historical anthropological study of her archaeological study area. It, uh, it found that when the stone circles went in, the, the diets improved. Yes. So, yes. And, and, I, and I feel that, that uh, all those, I mean, prodigious effort to move these rocks, they, they had to have some utility other than just the spiritual component. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was probably agricultural, and uh, we had a totally different environment back then, and and the, 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 uh, a more charged environment, and, and that. Uh, so uh, you know, right now we're using a lot of chemical fertilizers to uh, grow our food, but you know, I mean, how much common ore can you spread around? You know, to grow to grow the corn, 
So what they relied on was the uh, was the sky uh, nitrogen, you know, by, by by drawing down lightning, by drawing down the tellurics, by you know, like increasing the energies within the, the soil itself, it, it stimulated growth and and you know, increase the vitality of of, all, of life. You know, and it still is the case that. You know, it's stone towers of Ireland, the round towers of Ireland. The cows always go there because the grass is sweeter. Uh, and, you know, so the technology is there to, to employ all these things. There, there are a lot of folks that have back engineered all, all these, all this stuff. And, you know, is it the uh, secrets of the, f- secrets of, uh, secrets of the plants? No, uh, field that uh, no, I can't remember <laughs> that's okay there's there's this really interesting dude that I had on named Jeff drum and he has the um <clears throat> hypothesis that the uh, pyramids were used as chemical factories it is so interesting in fact I'll send you the link to that show because it's a YouTube he does a whole presentation and thing I think you would find it very very interesting and it was for the purpose again very heavy effort went into uh, one possible reason would be uh, agriculture uh, to exactly what you're saying and he ties it even into the scarab you know being sacred which was a dung beetle, uh, the cow being sacred, and they were actually making fertilizer for agriculture via an ammonia extraction process in the pyramids. It's so cool. I'll, I'll send it to you because I think that you would find it very interesting. Uh, okay, one more question and then I'll let you go, I promise. Uh, <laughs> keep going all afternoon. I, 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 don't I know, and that's the thing. I really could do this forever. But, okay, I want to know what you think um, crop circles have to do with ley lines and energy centers. Do you think that there's any connection? Well, I, I think the uh, England, you know, this is just my take on it. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's like England, you know, like I spoke earlier about it at priming time. And, and England ha- has the most uh, remnant uh, uh, earth grid system set up. So, and uh, the south of England is loaded with limestone, right? Egypt is loaded with limestone. Jerusalem's loaded with limestone. Yucatan's loaded with limestone. So, so the, 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 those limestone is the planet glia. You know, each of our, we have these neurons. Each neuron has nine glial cells, you know, so that cottage cheese in our brain and stuff. It's all, well, it's glia. So this is planet glia. So by whoever's doing these crop circles are... Uh, in training time, in training the earth grid, uh, like, like bringing back uh, original frequencies into the land and, and, and altering that, uh, that, uh, that sense of time and, and relationship. Damn. See, I knew you'd have a great answer for that. That is so damn cool. All right. Well, uh, Peter Shampro, I, I'll let you go now. Finally, I, I could talk to you forever. But guys, Guy Matrix will be linked down in the show notes as well as all the ways to find him. Go check it out. Uh, highly, highly worth it. And of course, um, Arc Vantero and Moon Rivers will be linked down there as well. Your addendums, as you call them. All uh, the companions said, I think you need them all. Uh, don't get just one. I think that they're all important and they're wonderful reads. And again, just the thought you put into the experience of the reader is something that I was incredibly impressed with. You're just one of the most creative 
people that I've ever talked to. And that's why I think you pick oh, up on this stuff so well. It's well, I, I just mean it. I'm just being honest. I, it, just because, again, the thought process and the creativity that you have. And that's what's so cool about the uh, awareness that you have with the work that you do. You could just see it in a different way, man. And that's why no one else could do the specific work that you did the way that you did it. So just wanted to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for your time and wisdom. This like has just you. been so cool. So thank you. You're welcome back any damn time, man. Thanks, Brendan. Been a pleasure. What a fascinating dude. That was an awesome conversation. I could listen to that dude talk forever. Um, Check the show notes, guys, for all of the ways to find his books. Must get. Highly recommend. Again, the attention to detail that he put into the reader's experience with this and the information contained is awesome. You will love it. So check the show notes down there. Make sure you check him out. Uh, The music that you're listening to right now is by good buddy Vinny the Saint. Check the show notes for all the ways to find him and his music as well. Um, Also linked down in the show notes is the way that you can expand your experience with us here on the show with expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where links to all socials, um, Rockfin, merchandise, all that kind of stuff is down there. Uh, The videos will be up on the website as well. So if you're more of a visual person and you haven't explored that side of this yet, check out YouTube or uh, the website linked below and you can check out the videos of this stuff. So um, go out into this beautiful place this week, guys, and y'all pick up a piece of litter. uh, Do your best to smile at anybody that you come across and be nice and hold doors open and let's just be awesome, overly awesome to everybody that we meet. Uh, You could even buy a coffee or a meal or a bottle of water or something like that in line behind you or around you, something like that. It's a small thing, guys. Even going through the drive-thru, just buy the person's coffee behind you. Uh, Get a train of that going on because I've heard of those going on and I love that idea. I think it's beautiful. So uh, also, while you're doing all of that stuff, get out of that left-hand lane. It's a pain in the ass and you are lowering the ley line energy for all of us. That's what it is, actually. I didn't even get to ask Peter about that, but that's what it is. It's you assholes in the left-hand lane. And move. So um, also, above all and beyond, go out into this beautiful place, whatever the hell it is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.